Hey guys, welcome back to the F1 Girls. I'm Amy. No, I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about the second Austrian Grand Prix. So what were your thoughts of the overall race, Rhi? Just frustration, I think, is the only is the only way to, to put it. We were talking about this before we um, recorded this and we were just saying how just every every new penalty every like incident it was just frustrating I mean it was interesting it was an interesting race but it edged more on the frustrating side rather than the exciting side honestly I was sat there watching it I was texting you halfway through wasn't I and I was just like what is going on (laughs) I know it was it was all kind of like it was just one after another like frustration frustration but you know I'd rather it be that than a completely boring race so I'm I'm happy to take that at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the qualifying Q1. So we'll start with Alonso. So he did an amazing lap at the end of Q1 and finished P3. Yeah, this this was, well, it, Alonso looked like he was having a good start here. Um, and unfortunately, it, it didn't carry on, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that later. But yeah, seeing Alonso usually being round like the like kind of 12th to 8th area seeing him just put in an amazing lap like that you know it's, it's nice to see and that it just silences anyone who says oh people like Alonso and Raikkonen and whatever like they're too old for sport they're clearly not they 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 can put in those good times and although they might not have the most competitive car they can they've still got all that knowledge and experience and that just show, that just showed in his lap so yeah very impressed. Yeah it showed that he was just he was able to deliver sort of all the stuff that he has been delivering in the past however many years he has been in the sport, even with sort of like you say, the car that isn't as great as ones that we're used to seeing him in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that especially now we're coming up to the new regulations, I think more like older drivers who have won championships and have been successful, I don't think they mind being in a slightly less compressed car at the moment because as soon as regulations change you know it's all up in the air you don't know who who's going to place where so I think everyone's got their fingers crossed that they land themselves in a good car so you just gotta wait and see haven't you yeah definitely so someone who also had an extremely good day on Saturday was Lando Norris now we obviously are a bit biased when it comes to Norris because we absolutely love him but he did do an incredible job yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think what impressed me the most is his consistency. He did, he got P2 and Q1 and he was just, he did brilliant Q2, Q3 and the race, you know, and he's kept that up for a good few races now. This entire season is just him being consistently good. So I, I literally could not say a bad word about him at the moment. He is just, he's just putting it off like no one else. Somebody though who isn't having as good of a season is um, Esteban Ocon. He ended up being out at P17. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's really gone on with Ock in the last few races because obviously we can see well, it's clearly not really anything to do with the car necessarily because obviously Alonso's did that amazing lap. So it's maybe I don't think it was anything wrong with the Alpines this weekend. I, it's weird ever since he signed that that contract for Alpine for the multiple years, his his performance has kind of dropped. I don't know if they affect each other or not, but yeah, it's it's just a bit weird because. We know that Alpines are quite strong midfield cars, so him being P17 really isn't good. So I, I'm really not sure what's going on there. No, he's having a, not a great season and he seems to be really struggling with the car, which is really strange because he's obviously been... It's basically the same car as 
the Renault that they had. Um, and he's been with them for a while now. So you would thought that maybe he'd have, he'd be more comfortable in the car and he just doesn't seem to be. Yeah, I mean, he, he did have like, I think towards the start of the season, he I think a couple of races he'd, he did place well, but he seemed to have gotten worse since then. It's usually it's the other way around. It's usually you start off worse and then you get more comfortable. But yeah, I, I don't know what what's happened <laughs> to make him just plummet down to P17. So yeah. Yeah. Somebody else who we don't want to say that he's still not having a good season, but he really isn't, Daniel Ricciardo. He was so close to being eliminated um, in Q1. Yeah, so he got, I think, P15. And although he did have a lap time deletion, so I don't know how much that affected that. Um, but I just think, yeah, Ricardo doesn't seem to do that well in qualifying, but we'll talk about this later when he gets to the race he does he does seem to do a lot better he really does if if he is starting p15 he usually can if there's nothing wrong can climb up like a good few places which shows how that he is a good driver and supports why we like him so much but if if he was able to qualify in the places that norris is qualifying he wouldn't have to do all that climbing and he'd be in a really competitive position and earning lots and lots of points for mclaren so i He's got kind of like half the battle on, but he just he just needs to work on getting those qualifying times like up to scratch, you know. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, like we say, in the races he is getting better. Like obviously at the start of the season he was doing not so well in the qualifying and then doing equally not so well in the races. Whereas now he's kind of cracked the races almost. He, like we say, he just needs to get the qualifying places back, and hopefully he will be back. But you never know, and I'm touching water because Jesus. So let's move on to qualifying two, and let's just talk about George Russell for a second. I think he, wait, well, I think he, he's usually one of the main talking points of Q2 because he's usually either just getting through, but I think that's probably our, one of our main talking points today. He, well, initially, like halfway through, Q2 he was um was it was he weighed by was it the FIA that weighed him he came in halfway and then they just wanted to check <laughs> yeah everything was he got right. selected for the random weigh-in didn't he mm, but yeah that, that just shows that everyone thought he was maybe a little being a little bit too fast and I it was just so yeah he got through to Q3 in the end um I'm gonna admit it is probably because Alonso's lap was ruined by Vettel um, because as we remember, Alonso was on a really, really promising lap. It looked like he was going to get pretty far up the um, the order, but until Vettel got in his way, and obviously then he didn't get through, and that earned Vettel a three-place grid penalty. And I'd, admittedly, I think that's probably the only reason Russell got into Q3. I think he was set for an 11th again, but, you know, <laughs> fate happens and he got through. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> But still, 11th is one of the highest places that he will have qualified um, in the Williams. So it's still a record for him. Yeah, and if you look back even like a one or two years, even the thought of having Williams above 19th seemed impossible. It, it was always, you know, when he was teammates with Kubica, it was always Russ Kubica every single time. You knew they wouldn't move. So the fact that he's even like contending for Q3 is, is just amazing anyway so he should be very proud of himself whether it is P11 or P10 it's still an amazing for how Williams's history. Yeah and let's just quickly talk about 
um, obviously Vettel getting in the way of Alonso. Now, you would have thought that Vettel being somebody who is a well-seasoned driver would know to get out of the way of somebody who was on their fast lap. But I don't know what happened this weekend and he was just, he just got in the way. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't know whether this directly affected it or not, but because um, the Red Bull ring is such a short circuit, you tend to get a lot of bunching in qualifying laps around like the last few corners because obviously each driver wants like a clean bit of air, a nice clean run. So you do get tend to get a lot of bunching. And I think maybe Vettel was at the end of that and Alonso was the first of them to do their final lap. And I think, I just think Vettel just wasn't concentrating. He put his hand up to say, sorry, I don't think there was any like malice or anything behind it. It's just one of those unfortunate instances where Vettel wasn't thinking and that obviously cost Alonso his Q3. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Yeah, I think at that point, Alonso just wasn't ready for an apology. <laughs> he just was not happy at all. So, which you can completely understand. Let's move on. <laughs> so qualifying three, we really don't have that much to talk about other than Lando Norris getting in P2, Hamilton, he ended up in P4, and obviously Russell was P9. Yeah, I think those are definitely the main main talking points. Norris getting onto the front row, that is that is brilliant for him. And I think that shows that like Perez needs to step up a bit in the sense because obviously we could see that the Mercedes weren't going to make it onto the front row. I don't know what's happening with them. I just don't know whether it's the circuit or you know. I think I just think the Red Bulls are slightly better this year. I think it's it's just working for them more. And obviously, it is their Red Bulls home home circuit, so it was more likely that they were going to do better. But for Norris to outperform Hamilton, Perez, and Bottas, you know, that's a little bit embarrassing for them because McLaren is seen as a midfield team so you know they need to step it up and you know well done to Norris. Yeah he did incredibly well and um, it was it was a shock to see him on P2 but it was such a nice shock and obviously Hamilton must have been so frustrated only getting P4 like that's somewhere that you don't sort of expect Hamilton to be you expect him to be the top two um, and obviously Russell getting into P9, starting P9 is just incredible for him and incredible for Williams. So well done to them. Yeah, and I suppose I didn't include that, um, isn't including Vettel's three pace penalties. So Russell actually ended up starting eighth, which is just a lucky bonus <laughs> in the end. Um, but I suppose also just looking, um, Gasly and Sonoda starting together just behind Bottas, that's a brilliant um, start for Avatari solidly in the in the points they're starting. So it's nice to see Snowder up there with Gasly and they're both just trying to earn some more points for Alpatari. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to the actual race. So obviously we had uh, Verstappen and Norris on the front row and Norris got off to a very good start and held on to P2 for quite a while. Yeah, I was kind of worried um, that, because I, I know people in the midfield would ha always need to practice starts, but like, you know, it's so, it's so easy for you to get swallowed up in, in a start. So the fact that he was able to get off the line really well, keep up with Verstappen um, and not get overtaken by um, Hamilton or Bottas or Perez, I guess they're all, all up there at the beginning. Um, so, yeah, that was 
just what you could hope for really if you're a Norris fan and yeah I'm su- I'm surprised that he was able to keep his place in P2. Yeah he did incredibly well to keep it for as long as he had as long as he did um I was half expecting it to just be like a couple of laps and then sort of Hamilton or Perez took overtook him but obviously he did really really well to keep it where keep it up for that long. Yeah definitely um but I suppose not not long after the start, Ocon unfortunately got sandwiched in, you know, the, the midfield bit, especially towards the back. Um, that's where it all gets a bit squashy. And unfortunately he got sandwiched and his was it his uh left wheel or I can't remember which side, but it, it basically just snapped and that was it. Yeah, see, I didn't actually see this bit because I was driving to work. Um, so you're gonna have to sort of talk me through that, but yeah, so it was it was either it's one of the first few corners I can't remember whether it was turn one or not um but he was right towards the back and I think he got sandwiched between Giovinazzi and maybe Schumacher just coming around a corner he was in the middle I think he must have clipped someone and his basically his wheel just kind of went sideways and he had to just roll off to the side but that's caused a safety car um which again I I kind of always like a safety car in the sense of it just bunches everybody back together no one it makes it harder for someone to run away with it I know obviously that did happen in the end but it just you know keeps it interesting keeps it exciting yeah definitely so somebody who didn't have quite a good start was George Russell we were just singing his praises (laughs) yeah he I think he he managed to slip down all the way to 12th starting from 8th and that that is really not good because for for Williams you want to be as high up as you can because having to like overtake people when you know your car's not the most competitive is just such a chore so I think I think that was probably probably the pivotal point for him not securely being in the points I think if he'd maybe like maintained his place or maybe was in ninth he might have been he might have been in for a point finish it's still debatable but yeah I think as soon as that happened it was it was all looking a little bit a little bit bleak for him at that point yeah, and again, you're going to have to explain this last, this next point to me because um, I literally only started watching it just as the safety car was coming in. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was just a little thing that happened, but it was the start of a long, long line of occurrences. Giovinazzi getting a five-second penalty for breaking safety car rules. Again, something trivial, something that you just you just don't need. But I think the FIA, as we will, as we will see, were very trigger happy on giving five circle penalties. That was so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I suppose it, for Giovinazzi throughout the back anyway, does does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. So this next bit was the first bit that I sort of watched of the race, and oh my god I could have screamed at well my iPad because I was watching it at work um but luckily I was at work so I didn't scream um Norris and Perez oh my god it's almost it's always still up for debate and I've still seen on social media and like people talking about it some people are seeing it one way other people are seeing it the other way but as I see it Perez and Norris were just battling and then Perez went around the outside and then he got caught in the gravel because neither of them were conceding on the corner and and then Perez went on his radio saying oh Norris pushed me off but I would have seen that as just a regular racing incident if you go around the outside like that what do you expect you Norris wasn't going to just give up easily because obviously that's a hard-earned place so 
I, th I don't think, I just think it should have just been recorded as a racing incident um, rather than Norris getting a penalty. Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw it and I was just like, what is Perez doing? He was going around the outside. Norris was literally just taking the racing line. Um, and obviously Perez was trying to make a move and he just couldn't do it. And then instead of just holding his hands up and say, yeah, that was me, like, it's racing incident it what it's what happens he decided to just turn it around and try and blame Norris um and obviously that ended up with Norris getting a five second penalty so yeah and I suppose what's also worrying is I think Norris is literally like one penalty away from like a race ban or something he's he's got quite a few like penalty points now on his on his license or whatever they call it so he really needs to like avoid danger in that sense because that would be very bad for McLaren and Ferrari's um, uh, constructors battle if Lando gets banned from a race for something just trivial like that. It's, I just, it would just be so frustrating and even more frustrating this race already has been. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Like I completely forgot that he's very close to getting a ban. And obviously that's not what we need for McLaren when they are so close to sort of they're so close to Ferrari and Ferrari are catching up to them in the championship. Yeah, and what's also sad is that we know Norris, he, he isn't, he doesn't do like unsportsmanlike things. So the majority of those penalties have just come from trivial little things like, you know, um, not following red flag procedure when he, you know, like it's just little things like, like that, that just little mistakes that weren't done out of like malice or anything. It's literally just little technical things that, don't really I know the rules are in there for safety and all that but he didn't he didn't go out of his way to hurt anyone or anything like that so I think it's a shame that he's that close to a race fan when he we all know he's not that kind of driver in that sense yeah definitely so another let's just move on from that because I will get frustrated again <laughs> um let's talk about lap 13 so obviously Hamilton was getting very close to Norris and um did eventually overtake but Norris defended exceptionally well. Yeah, I was again. I was surprised how long Norris held on for. Um, he went a good few either turns or I can't I can't remember whether it was laps or whatever. But usually when Hamilton goes to overtake someone, especially if it's a midfield car, he, he can do it pretty easily. But it really did take a good little while for him to get round Norris eventually. And then he did even say, um, wow, Lando is a great driver. I'm, I'm struggling to keep up here. Like, to have Hamilton say that in a Mercedes, you know, you, you, you should be impressed with your driving skills if you get that kind of compliment from him. Oh, yeah, 100%. So moving off Norris, just for a minute, just for a minute, um, <laughs> let's talk about his teammate, Ricardo. Yeah, he got, well, yeah, he's, he started... P15 he got he's at this point and yeah lap 18 he's up to fifth and I, I just remember looking at the screen like hold up when did that happen because obviously they don't tend to show much of what's happening in the midfield um unless the front is boring and yeah I was just like oh wow okay he he's slowly proving to us that he isn't completely gone <laughs> he's 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 still got his uh his mojo and he he does seem to perform better in races like we were saying earlier and I'm, it's just nice to see that it was working out for him in some way. Yeah, definitely. So, Sonoda, he doesn't seem to understand the concept of crossing the line 
for the pit lane. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, five seconds, it's something so trivial. He was in, he was in a really good starting position with, uh, in the, like, just behind Gasly, and all he had to do was just <laughs> follow the rules. <laughs> Not only did he break them once, he broke the same rule twice, landing him 10 second penalty, which was the difference between him doing getting some really good points. So I'm, it's again, it. Well, you want to say a rookie mistake, but they have the exact same rules. I'm, I'm assuring in F two, F three. So it's not like he's new to them. Just you know, he's just one of many five second penalties. I think, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. When so when I saw he got a second five second penalty for the exact same thing, I was literally like, "What the hell is he doing?" Like, fair enough. You crossed the line the first time. You made a mistake. Second time, though, don't quite think that's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, obviously, doing a whole race, it, this circuit is, what, 70, 71 laps? So, obviously, it's, you're there quite a long time. But, again, if everyone else can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, just as just as that kind of happened, um, Bottas and Norris kind of came into the pitch, I think, around the same time. Of course, Norris had to do his five-second penalty, which allowed Bottas to get ahead of him. Uh, and that was unfortunate because it, at, at this point in time, it almost looked like this was the difference between him getting a podium or not and how frustrating would that have been over something that kind of should have been classed as a racing instance. So that that ended, he ended up behind Bottas then. And I think he held that position for the rest of the race. I can't quite remember. I think he was, yeah, he was behind Bottas from then on, which is unfortunate because if, if that hadn't happened, it, Norris potentially could have got P2, which would have been one of his best ever finishes. Um, but again, he still got a podium in the end. So <laughs> I'm sure he, he's not miserable about it. But yeah, I think that was the point where he was he was going to have to set up for P3, if anything. Yeah, definitely. It's obviously, it's very frustrating for him. Um, like at the end of the race, he did say that he was really unhappy with the fact that he got that five second penalty and um it felt like it just it just wasn't necessary for the race and I think there's a lot of people who will agree with him. Um but it is what it is and he's still got a podium at the end of the day, so we're happy with that. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the whole that kind of whole incident, it's almost like, you know, um with like football when players just dive and like pretend their ankles hurt when you know no one touched them. It's kind of the same thing. I've I kind of see a lot of drivers occasionally will go, Oh, he pushed me off, he pushed me off, just to see if they can squeeze a five second penalty out of them for kind of no reason and for those drivers to do that and those it's a little bit unsportsmanlike, but again it's that becomes culture becomes a normal so it's, it's not something you can really change but I guess karma got that in the end because then Perez did the exact same thing that Norris did to him with um Charles Leclerc well, that he claimed Norris did to him <laughs> yeah allegedly um which landed him not one but two five second penalties <laughs> so you know if if I can imagine Red Bull had complained to the FI saying Norris deserves penalty and because they did that, they then had to give um, Perez those two penalties because he did the same thing. So if, if they just get their mouth shut, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I think he sort of just brought that onto himself. Like he complained about something that happened that 
he didn't need to complain about, but then he went and did the same thing to somebody else and probably expected to just get away with it. But Yeah. Um, moving on to, I think we're around lap 48 now. Um, and this is the point where Hamilton reports the fact he's got some damage. Was it floor damage or was it just damage? I can't remember. If they... I think it was floor damage. Yeah, I can't remember if they yeah, specified not, but if, yeah, floor damage, obviously that's that's not great. Um, but what's also weird is on the radio they said to Bottas not to overtake. And I just thought, mm, are we gonna have a are we gonna have a little fit from Bottas being like, you don't control me, <laughs> I'll do what I want, but no. <laughs> yeah, that's quite unfair for them to do. Obviously, if he's got damage, then it makes Bottas sense. shouldn't be having to stay behind. Yeah, exactly. I think they wanted Bottas to keep uh was Perez behind at that point I think whoever was behind or, or no it was it was probably Norris at that point um yeah they would I think they would have wanted to use Norris as someone just to give Hamilton a bit more space but I think in the end they found that not to be viable um and they eventually gave um Bottas to go ahead and lap 51 to to overtake Lewis or will race him um, which I think Lewis was also complaining about tyres at this point, but then he went and set fastest lap, and even the commentators picked up on that. <laughs> it's just like, come on, Lewis, just he says one thing and then he does something like that. He's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, he does make me laugh sometimes when it comes to his tyres because he's always complaining about them, but then he goes and sets fastest laps and stuff like that, and you're just like, are they really that bad then? If you if they're really that bad and you need to preserve them as much as possible, why are you setting your fastest laps? Yeah, it's just, it's just whining. I, don't, I haven't got time for whining. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've, so Bottas has just, so we overtook Lewis in the end. I can imagine if ty, if Lewis was saying he had bad tyres and obviously the floor damage, then obviously Bottas would have got around him. And Norris was also 1.5 seconds behind Bottas at that point. But eventually, lap 54, which only a few laps later, Norris ended up overtaking Lewis, um, which put him in the contender for a podium. And oh, I was very happy about that, seeing Norris up there, P3. When I saw Norris overtaking Lewis and getting into P3, you have no idea how happy I was. Like, he, he really deserved that podium. Like, he throughout the entire race he practically didn't put a foot wrong um barring the Perez thing and he he, yeah he just really deserved to be up in that spot yeah no I completely completely agree um so yeah the the final two penalties of the day again we talked about Snowder getting his second five second penalty for pit lines um and Stroll got a five-second penalty for speeding in pit lane. It's all about breaking pit, pit rules today, apparently. Um, yeah, just, just no one needs it. No one needs it. Everyone's messing up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if like, it's because they just got a bit complacent with the fact that they were doing the same circuit for the second week in a row, or whether it was just everyone was making mistakes on the same day. But either way, it just... <sighs> speeded in the pit lane come on stroll you know not to do that yeah again trivial things that just don't need to happen and for midfield teams having five seconds is really impactful because it's you're all finishing fairly close together so getting five second penalty could knock you down a good couple of places and i think 
that yeah I don't think I don't think Stroll finished in the points but I'll, I'll check at the end but yeah that wasn't a good race for Stroll anyway so you know just I think it just was having a bad day fortunately yeah so let's talk about Russell and Alonso's battle for P10 so obviously that was a very long battle and Russell did incredibly well to keep Alonso behind him for as long as he did but then obviously eventually Alonso did end up taking over yeah I'm, I was so so impressed that he kept it going for as long as he did and that's probably the most collective screen time he's ever got in his life on race day <laughs> that day was yeah passing him so long and um I think at one point Alonso uh, I think he made a little mistake I think into turn one at one point and there was a little glimmer of hope like oh my god Russell might actually get a point but I was thinking there's, there's I think there's like a good few laps before the race was due to end I knew the Williams just didn't have the pace to to stop um an Alpine get past so I think mentally I'd just accepted it at that point but again so close P11 I think was his Russell's finish in the end um but you know that was some good racing from him I also like the fact that Alonso went over to Russell after the race and sort of had a word with him and um he was very that's good that's what you like to see it's it's good sportsmanship whereas there are some other things in this race that have just not been very good sportsmanship at all yeah definitely I, that's one of my like little pet peeves is people just being unsportsmanlike in in events it just kind of ruins it for everyone and I think I always think if I was a if I was an athlete if I knew I'd won or I'd, I'd like our team had won because of like just something sneaky like unsportsmanlike I, I feel like it wouldn't count so I just think it's always nice just to do just do the right thing and not try and like get little gains that you probably don't deserve kind of thing yeah definitely and let's just finish off by talking about something that I just really wasn't expecting on that last lap Raikkonen taking out Vettel where did that come from I think it was so weird because they didn't actually really show it until after the race because everyone was coming across the line. I think Max and um, Bottas and Norris were coming across the line and you saw the little sector two red flag, red flag, uh, yellow flag. We were like, oh, well, what's happening? But they weren't showing it. And then, and then you just see Ragnar and Vettel just in the grass or wherever they were because they, they collide, but they didn't do enough damage to actually not finish, though, did they? I think they actually both crossed the line in the end. Yeah, they both finished. It was just, I think, Raikkonen managed to clip um, Vettel and they both ended up just spinning out into the grass. Um, It was just something like so unexpected and so last minute as well. Like you say, the top three were sort of crossing the line and just don't even understand how it happened. (laughs) Do you feel, I actually kind of like when Raikkonen, something goes wrong with Raikkonen because he just, you know, he just shouts down the radio to his team, like, what the beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to watch, just funny to listen to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Raikkonen's team radio is one of the ones I do like to listen to if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I suppose move, moving on to the, so like, the end of the race and, and, there was, we always write a few, like, key quotes in our, in our, um, podcast in our podcast notes um I think the one that stood out to me was both Perez and Leclerc were kind of happy to move on from from the racing incident and it's, it's glad that they're not they're both not you know dwelling on it and they can just move on and 
just not hold a grudge in that sense because you know those those things do happen yeah like we say the racing incidents like they should just be forgotten about after the race and it's just it's so much easier for the rest of the drivers as well as the two involved um to just move on from them so yeah it's it's good that Perez and Leclerc are just sort of happy to move on yeah um and also finally talking about driver of the day was Norris how do you feel about that Amy <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> um, I voted for Norris I don't normally vote for driver of the day because like you said before I you like to we like to see just sort of what other people are thinking um but yeah I felt like this race he definitely deserved it like 100 percent yeah um and also what was weird is I saw um on you know the little graphic comes up and saying what percentage people are voting and it always tells you who, who's up second and third for drive of the day and Raikkonen was there for second and I just thought what, what on earth has Raikkonen done but then I think it turns out there was like a like a campaign to get Raikkonen driver of the day because you know they go on the radio just as the race is finished and the presenter will say oh you've won driver of the day how do you feel whilst they're still like driving you can imagine Raikkonen just being like go away I'm trying to talk to my team or something I would love to see that yeah I mean that would be really quite funny but obviously I I feel like a driver shouldn't be given driver of the day if they haven't really done anything for it so I get the joke but I don't think it's necessary yeah but I suppose it's always good in the sense because I didn't really like the fact that they the reporters go on the radio literally just as the race is finished because I'm sure the team the driver wants to chat to the team and like take it in for themselves if they've done well the last thing they want to do is be shoved into an interview whilst they're still sat in the driver's seat like with there's so much time after the race designated like press times for them to interview you don't need to interview them the second they cross the line yeah I think that's that side of things is just a bit ridiculous like I don't even know why that started because it's just like why they're trying to concentrate on not crashing the car so you know like they're still out on the racetrack they need to concentrate they don't need someone in their ear being like you got driver of the day like how do you feel yeah exactly and someone someone said to me like oh well it's to pick up their like emotions and get an interview with them whilst they're still like emotional but like you hear that all when they're chatting to their team they're like they're so emotional happy and saying how how excited they are to their team and that they're the people who've been working with them trying to make that happen so I'd rather hear it from them talking to their team than someone just a report who's just like how are you doing <laughs> yeah so that brings us to the end of this week's episode we hope you have enjoyed and we will see you next week with a bonus episode see you soon bye